Hello humans. Hello humans. It's still the 25th. It's about 11:15. Getting a late start heading back out to the coast. It's been um, cold. It was like uh, 34, 36 this morning on the bluff. Running down into the 34s on the um, on the beach. All kinds of weird traffic shit here. In town, out of town, they're ripping up sewers and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, all right, so uh, this is going to be a little bit of a general kind of a bitch and moan and, and um, a few things to talk about here, such as uh, we need to really discuss the moon. Things are heating up um, information-wise relative to that. So... Um, now you can you can destroy your friends' minds and your own, and you can prove to yourself that the moon is not a sphere, okay? That there's some hinky shit going on up there. And you can prove it to yourself very easily. Uh, you're gonna need to get a ball, a table, and a light, okay? It doesn't matter what size the ball is. You could use an apple, you could use a tennis ball. It's easier with a large ball. Uh, so it's easier with like a um, uh, basketball or something or a beach ball, right? It just makes it a little easier to visualize. But what you're going to do is this. You're going to prove to yourself that the moon is not a sphere. And you'll do it this way. Um, you'll sit down at a table and put your, your ball, if it's small enough, to fit on top of the table. Uh, put it about four or five feet away from you, right? Uh, put it in the middle of the table, take your chair and hike it back a little bit. So there's like four, four feet distance between you and the, um, and the ball there. And then what you do is um, examine, you're going to just sit there. You need ambient light, you know, you need light coming from above or whatever. It, it is helpful if there's only one light source in the room. All right. It doesn't really matter. You're going to get the same effect either way. It's just a little easier to understand if there's only one light source. Anyway, and so uh, what you're going to do is you're going to look at this at the ball. You're going to look at the sphere, and you will notice some things. Right now, I put a video, posted a video that's uh, from BitChute. It says the moon is not a sphere, and you can prove it to yourself, or something like that is the title. Uh, if you go and hunt for moon and sphere on BitChute, and then put um, uh, most recent, it'll show up. Uh, should be in like the top ten. Uh, listings for you and it has a bunch more information but we're going to just concentrate on one of these little examples okay and this is the example of the sphere sitting in front of you and so you've got this little sphere sitting out there and you've got light shining on it and then if you look at it you will determine some things that are facts okay they are factual relative to the sphere and it will be any sphere so you, once you're done with a basketball you can get a tennis ball you can get a golf ball um, you get one of those big bouncy uh, sit-on chair balls. Uh, you can get an apple. You can get an orange. It does not matter. It works with all spheres. And this is how we prove the moon is not a sphere. Okay? And so here's what you do. You examine this ball and you look for where the, the light is hitting it. And you want to look for the um, where you can see it the sharpest. Where there is the most detail. Okay? And that will be... From your perspective, that will be the center of the ball 
that is closest to you. Okay, it'll be the surface of the of the sphere. Uh, if it's an apple or whatever, you know, it'll be the surface of the sphere that is closest to you. It'll have more light reflected to you than around on the edges. All right, and so this is the key thing. If you if you look at that spot where there's most light coming from the uh, from the sphere, most light being reflected from the ball, where the tennis ball is the brightest, where the basketball is the brightest, and there's the most detail, you will see that's pretty much in the center of the sphere relative to your perspective. And that details shed off, they fall off. You lose lose details as you as you look towards the edges. And this is because the sphere is receding away from you, right? It's not all at the same plane relative to you. And so the edges of the sphere, approximately, if you were to just take it as a, as a circle, about a, a sixth of the way in on either side of that circle, you will find that's where the, uh, the details just really start disappearing very rapidly, okay? There are um, optical laws that are involved here, and I'm not going to get into the math, but uh, so about a third of the sphere, a sixth on one side and a sixth on the other, or a sixth on the bottom and a sixth on the top relative to your perspective, um, will be faded out. There, there won't be much detail. Uh, it'll be darker. Uh, they will, it will appear to be in shadow, and that's because it's slightly in shadow, dimmer, right? And so basically what you're going to find is that the edges of all the spheres that you could possibly put in front of you like that, the edges of those, of those spheres, it, from your perspective, will be, will be disappearing. They'll be um, reduced light. They'll be further away from you, so to speak, right? And so it seems like, well, this is a well-duh, you know. Uh, you can't see as much detail because the edges are further away from you and the backside is nowhere near to you and so you can't even see that at all. And so you're sitting there and you're just looking at the at the tennis ball or the basketball or whatever the fuck it is and you see that, well, yeah, he's right. Look, you know, the, the edges of the sphere fall away and so from a perspective of, of ambient reflected light coming back to your eyes, not all of the surface of the sphere is uh, equidistant therefore, from your eyes. Therefore, some are going to show with less detail. And it turns out that's the edges and that you get the most detailed view of a sphere from that portion of, you, of it that is closest to you and is directly within your sight. All right, so this, this is a sphere down here sitting on your desk or, you know, uh, on the floor, wherever, in your house. Maybe it's a basketball, right? Maybe you get your kid's basketball and you try it with that. And then, here's the thing. Do that, and then go look at the moon on a full moon night. Okay? Or even, you can really even do it on a crescent moon, but it's just so much easier on a full moon night. And so you go and you, you then you go look at the moon, or even go look at pictures of the moon. Photographs of the moon. And what do you see? You see that there is exactly the same level of detail all the way over to the edge of the moon. You see 
that the detail continues at the same level from the center all the way out to the edge. So, A, it's not a sphere. It is not a physical sphere. It is presenting to you as though it was a flat plate where all the surfaces are the same, more or less, equidistant from your eyes and the edges are as sharp as the interior. And you can, you can go in and look at this yourself and prove it to yourself on any full moon and on every full moon. It will prove to you the moon is not a sphere. Now, here's where it gets real tricky, okay? The moon's not a flat plate. We also know that this is not a flat plate. But there's information that we have now that tells us that the, the thing we look at up in the sky, the thing we see, is a projection, all right? There is some form of a projection going on that presents the detail of the edges of that projection as much as the detail in the center of the projection. So A, we know it's not a sphere because there's no degradation of light being reflected. It's all the same. The same amount of light is coming out of the edges of the moon as it is out of the center of the moon, which is impossible on a sphere that's simply acting with reflected light. And so we, we have to come to the conclusion that it's not a sphere. It is not as it's been told to us. It is not as it is being presented. All right. And so now we know all kinds of things from this. It's just, uh, I mean, it gets really, really uh, into some serious uh, physics here if you want to pursue it. But you can, you can persuade yourself, you can prove to yourself that the moon is not a sphere with just this one experiment that I told you about, looking at a regular sphere and then comparing that with the moon. And then thereafter, we have to start really speculating to say, okay, what the fuck's going on? What is it if it's not a sphere? Well, because we've seen these waves go through the, the moon uh, image that we see, and theoretically there's no atmosphere and all of this kind of horse shit that the mainstream academics would, would you know, tell you are, are factual. But because that is the case, that we've seen these ripples go through the moon, and you can even do some searches on like Google and stuff and get images, get video images of these ripples going through the, the image of the moon. And so um, we know that there is some level of projection coming at us. There's a lot of reasons that we know the moon is not flat, okay? Um, we have some idea of the moon's mass relative to uh, the image that we're being presented, and the mass would say that it is about uh, one and a half percent of what is Earth's mass, even though it is projecting a uh, width that is about a quarter of our diameter, which would have which would produce about a, should produce about something that's about a sixteenth of our mass, you know, many times, like 15 times more, uh, it be, wouldn't be that, would be like seven and a half times more than the one and a half percent of the mass that we actually can uh, assay by gravity experiments. So, uh, so go do that, go look at a sphere, next time there's a full moon, go and look at it, and prove to yourself that the moon is not as it's being presented because the light coming from the edges is exactly the same as the light coming from the middle. And then start thinking about what this implies, okay? It implies that the... All right, so it implies by the nature of the uh, circumstance that it's, this is not a natural phenomenon, 
okay? This is not a mirage the way you might get a mirage in the desert with uh, appropriate light and humidity conditions. Uh, this is, um, uh, we can speculate and say that this is a deliberate um, projection of a false reality, all right? Uh, so we know that the moon is not spherical. It may be spherical under the projection. Uh, I think it's a device, probably on the order of like a Death Star or something along those lines in terms of its size and so forth. Probably a, a structure with a skin around it. Um, so like a spaceship in that sense. Uh, but we don't know because we're on the other side of the projection. The only people who do know are the astronauts who have been to the moon and notice that they, they're never ecstatic, that they, they're always dour every time you see these guys. And that, you know, they were seriously affected by their going there and um, what they saw. Another thing they say is that the moon's all black and white. And that's a little odd, but in any event, so the moon is not a sphere. It, it itself may be a device. All this, the rest, we know that the moon is not a sphere. Thereafter, everything becomes speculation. We're speculating on aspects of this. So we can speculate that it's a deliberate projection intended to fool us. Thereafter, you would have to, to speculate and say why. Who would want to do it? How are they doing it? Um, all of the details uh, that we know nothing at all about, right? That all of which would be speculation that we at this stage can't validate. Um, but I know for sure, uh, just getting back to my previous talk here, I know for sure that the moon is not as um, Mike at the uh, at Dick Allgaier's remote viewing group as the tasker guy at, at Dick Allgaier's remote viewing group. The moon is not as this guy understands it. And uh, so, you know, he's actually causing some issues with um, his understanding of the moon in terms of tasking uh, the remote viewer guys. Anyway, so, um, so we can say to ourselves, we don't know <coughs> what it is or who's in charge, but we know what it is not. And then we can start going on what else it's not and so on and so on and so on, right? Um, it also means some interesting ripple effects, all right? So if the moon is a device, it was brought here. It's not natural. The moon did not occur by something smacking into the earth and throwing out vast quantities of material. Planets don't do that. Uh, uh, the, the whole um, scenario is absolute horseshit invented by some academics that just wanted to get the kids to shut up and gave them some horseshit that they couldn't refute, so they uh, accepted. All right, so we know that the origins of the moon are not as told. We also know the moon is much older than the Earth based only on the on the samples that have been brought back, though, from the moon by the um, uh, the astronauts, and I can, I can show how that may be uh, invalid, okay? So, uh, uh, so the moon, I think the moon is a spaceship. If you're going to have a spaceship, in my way of thinking, it makes a lot of sense to put all the material that you're going to want to ever need, all the gravel for your cement and, and concrete and construction, all the raw material metals, all of this stuff, just dump it on the outside. It's not going to hurt anything. 
and it, it's an easy place to carry it all. You can retrieve it easily, and it protects your spaceship from micrometeorites and all this kind of stuff, right? Uh, so the moon is a spaceship with all of its materials, all of its raw materials on the outside as big piles of dirt and dust and shit. Um, if that's the case, then you could have your, your spaceship be tooling along uh, through some particular area and discover, oh, look, we're running low on titanium. There's a bunch of titanium on that planet over there. And so you get a go off and get a bunch of raw materials and you put it on the moon. And then later on, our guys come along and take samples of the of the material you've put on the outside of the moon, and and our stupid fucking academics are making the assumption that the material that that they astronauts had found and brought back was there at the time the moon was formed. Thus, they can say, oh, the moon is you know 40 million years older than we anticipated, and oh, it's four billion years old, which is older than the Earth. And now I'm here to say that you know that's a false assumption. You don't know that the material on the outside of the moon was in any way um, uh, attached to the moon's creation. And in my way of thinking, it probably was not. They probably went shopping before they went truck about. And so they may have just gone to a planet that was, you know, five billion years older than Earth and gotten a bunch of titanium and threw it on the top of the moon. We get some titanium crystals and analyze them. And we say, oh, this, this fucker's five billion years older than Earth. And in fact, it's not. The, it has nothing to do with the age of the moon uh, or the moon at all. It's just some shit they picked up along the way. Uh-oh, more road work here. Anyway, uh, so there's that aspect of it, right? So we cannot, in my opinion, we can't believe any of the horseshit that anybody is spewing about the moon that doesn't acknowledge all of the... Um, all the non-sequiturs, all the nonsense that that we see about the moon that makes no sense at all uh, relative to uh, our reality with the moon. Hang on. Okay, I'm back here. I had to get out and deal with some stuff here. As long as we're being held up by uh, big excavators filling dump trucks. Um, anyway, so... Um, our moon's not a sphere. Now... If it's a device, which I think it is, then what does that do to our astrology, right? Astronomy, it doesn't alter anything. It's just a device up there floating around like a satellite. It is a satellite. Um, but if it's not natural, then, hey, what about all of the astrology ever since we've had the moon? Um, pretty fucked up, right? All these astro people saying, oh, the moon does this and the moon does that and so on. But they're thinking about it as though it were a, uh, a naturally occurring planetary body that is highly unusual. So note that almost, I think, all of the moons we've found in our solar system uh, are a very, very, very small fraction of the planets around which they surround, or, 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 which they orbit. So the moons of Mars are like, you know, 50 kilometers across, right? They're, they're small little fuckers. Um, our, our moon shows an apparent diameter that's a quarter of Earth's diameter, and our moon shows an apparent diameter that's about 2,000 miles. So even if our moon was an, a natural body, it is bizarre relative to all of the other moons in the solar system, none of which come up to that size. Okay, so um, 
It's not a sphere. It may be round underneath the projection, but we're never seeing the moon. We're seeing a projection that provides the same amount of light from uh, all the way out to the edge. And so we know it's not a sphere. We suspect it's being a pro projected. Uh, we suspect that it's not natural, that this is not a naturally occurring thing like a mirage. And we, and, uh, uh, we also know that a lot of our stuff is speculation on top of that, will probably have to be thrown out at some point because it's too, um, uh, you know, because it's not, not correct. And we're just speculating at this stage. But there, there are things that we can, like, um, speculate that have a good chance of being factual. So if it's a device, someone had to make it or something had to make it, right? Not a natural process. We don't see the universe forming machines around us other than biological machines. Um, uh, so that means there's people involved at some level, right? May not be human people, but nonetheless, there'd be people involved in building this device. And then there's going to be people involved in bringing it here. There's going to be people involved in, or beings, you know, uh, in uh, keeping it here, keeping it where it's at, and probably living in it and doing stuff in it, right? So, so it's speculation, but it's a pretty good speculation that the moon is inhabited. Uh, it may not now be inhabited by the beings that, that brought it here. We just don't know, right? Um, but it's also, from my way of thinking, it's quite factual that uh, Penny Kelly's uh, statements about the, um, there's war on the moon and it's almost over and the bad guys are defeated, that's horseshit, absolute crap. You know, uh, it's something her mind's making up to keep her placated. It has no basis in reality. Uh, the uh, remote viewing that's been done on the moon ever since Ingo Swan's days, so we're talking, you know, the 90s, 80s and 90s, um, ever since, so ever since Ingo Swan, ever, every, every time he had remote viewed the moon under any circumstances, it shows up as inhabited and shit's going on up there, right? I'm here to tell you that this is also the case with current remote viewers in the moon, all right? Even if those remote viewers are badly tasked by someone that thinks that there's Nazis living on the moon, um, you know, that the Germans had gotten up there and set up a base, that person still thinks then that the moon is a naturally occurring uh, uh, body and not an artificial structure. And if it's an artificial structure, are you going to let a bunch of Nazis set up a colony on, on your artificial structure? I don't think so. Plus, the Germans didn't have the technology, and, they, and we see no evidence whatsoever of the huge amount of resources that would be necessary to haul off-planet in order to create a, uh, a moon base or a colony, right? Uh, you know, because you don't have water, so you can't make cement without water. So you'd have to take vast quantities of water to make cement in order to even make... Uh, the buildings for your moon moon base, that kind of thing. You get into this stuff. I did an, an analysis with chat GPT. You would not re believe how easy it is to suss out uh, certain kinds of materials being removed from the earth, not entering into our, our industrial production, but yet being mined or, or harvested or whatever, right? That's all you have to look for is that gap that doesn't show up as being waste. And uh, you, you would know that you know, if it's this kind of quantity, you can anticipate that there's this many people being involved taking this stuff off the planet. And so I don't see any, any, um, 
it, okay, so I don't see any evidence in the form of our industrial output uh, metrics that would suggest that that's occurring. Now, you could, not easily, but you could, if you really worked at it, uh, you could do things to, to um, disguise the um, removal of material from Earth for space-based, uh, you know, uh, for a space base on the moon or wherever. You could disguise that. It would be hellacious to do so, and it would be very vulnerable to um, AI examining these records and saying, no, this is bogus. And so, um, you know, you'd have to hide a lot of stuff like, uh, you know, um, stuff going into waste, agricultural products not, you know, being grown and harvested, but not entering into our economy and thus showing up as waste. But this would also, just the mere fact that you did that would show a substantial increase in waste that is itself suspicious. And AI would be looking for that. Uh, so anyway, though, so uh, I've satisfied myself that we don't have these kind of uh, disruptions going on now in terms of vast quantities of stuff being hauled off by Earth guys to the moon, right? It may be that there's space aliens coming down here and taking stuff, and that's a different uh, a di line of discussion uh, entirely. However, so I don't think there's any bases up there. Uh, it also, um, you know, I, I come to the point where um, whoever it is that owns the moon and lives there probably isn't going to take too kindly uh, to earthers coming on up and, and setting up camps, right? And, and building houses and shit like that. Uh, they'd come on out and say, hey, dude, you, you know, you're, you're in our titanium field here. We got to do some mining. You know, you got to move your shit. Uh, so there'd be that kind of stuff going on. Anyway, um, so the other speculation. Okay, so getting back to the RV guys, right? So the RV guys continually, RV guys even today, are, are uh, showing that the moon's inhabited, and especially if they look on, quote, the backside of the moon, they get all kinds of um, uh, information uh, about lots of activity and uh, space aliens out there doing shit. So, um, so uh, all right, so we can make some assumptions that, you know, there is a, a decently sized population up there based on some of the stuff coming from the remote viewers over these past few years. And then again, we're getting into more speculation here, right? However, uh, what is what is prompting me on this has been the many, many, many years of the um, anomalies of the moon being brought up within my data sets and not being resolved by any release language or any of that. And now since um, about September of 2022, I've had a very large and growing data set uh, all focused on the moon and especially the presence in the moon, okay? In other words, the people, the, the life in the moon. And um, as I say, this is going to fuck up our astrology. Astrologers are going to have to go back to school and think about this. But it's got huge kinds of ramifications for us. But in my data sets, the presence in the moon is going to be a... Mm, going to be in our face in a couple of years. Okay? So 
the, the fact that there is a presence in the moon, that the moon is inhabited, that it is not as it's being told to us, and that the academics are full of shit, all of this stuff will start coming out in a big way next year. A lot of it's going to come out because the school system's going to collapse. The, um, the colleges, the universities, uh, it'll be just like in the Soviet Union. Uh, we're going to get to a point where the money is, or even in the Weimar Republic in Germany, it all happens the same way anytime you get to the end of a fiat currency system. Uh, in the Soviet Union, it was the Soviet ruble. It had been deliberately polluted by us to be destroyed in order to destroy the Soviet system. Uh, yada, 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 bunch of history. But when you get to that point where you start getting double-digit inflation on a monthly basis, it only takes about two to three months before you find the um, more stable employees uh, that are able to take early retirement do so. Okay, they'll just they'll take early retirement. A month after that, lots of them will just quit. They'll quit for various different reasons, right? To establish some kind of a small uh, stipend in the way of a of a, um, uh, a retirement money coming in while they go out and try and hustle up real money to pay their bills, that sort of thing, right? So if, you, if you're, you know, 50, 55 and you could retire early and you get a little tiny bit of money, then you're going to do it. Even though that little tiny bit of money is inadequate, it's because your whole salary is inadequate, right? And so what you'll do then is to um, uh, go off and hustle up some other kind of work while having your little bit of retirement. And so you're going to hope that that will get you through all of this. Uh, lots of people that won't be able to retire will reach a point where they'll say, you know, uh, fuck it, Mabel, no point in working for this amount of money every month when it doesn't even make our rent, right? There's no point for someone going and spending, uh, you know, 40 hours a week at a job, which they likely don't, which they probably do not like, and, um, and not get enough money to pay their bills. And the people that that hits are on the lower order of the spectrum. And that's when you have the mass walk-offs, right? Whole, whole companies will just uh, fold. They'll just fade because uh, uh, basically over the course of like a week or so, people will simply stop coming in because it doesn't pay them to do so. You know, maybe they'll talk to the boss about it ahead of time and so on. And then ultimately everybody just leaves in frustration with the situation. Thereafter, it doesn't usually take that long before the governments collapse. In our case, it's going to be part and parcel of that process because so many people work for the federal government. So you also have to bear in mind that every college professor, every college employee, every university employee works for the federal government, whether they know it or not, because their institution that pays them and most of the money flowing through it is coming not from the fees and stuff that the students pay, but from grants, from investments, from research grants, all this kind of different shit that's all going to go to shit very rapidly as we get this, um, uh, get into this serious part of our dollar degradation, which we're there now. This is also going to be part of the the split happening between the uh, mainstream media and the rest of the people. It's like, why the fuck would you listen to CNN when they're telling you, hey, the Biden economy is the best America's ever had. You know, you people are doing so well. Yada, yada, yada. Right. All of which is horseshit. All of which is 100 percent different from your your observed daily life. And you're going to just 
and you want to listen to people lie to you, once you recognize that it's 100% lies, you'll just they'll just fall away. So I expect that process to take like 45 days and maybe at the end of the 45 days we'll see things like Fox News and CNN and all these places literally go bankrupt. Shortly thereafter though, uh, you know, you'll have have millions of people walk away from working for the federal government. And it's going to create some weird conditions because one thing, you'd have a lot of people milling around that are going to be very angry and they're going to want change. And so we're, we're getting into that early next year, right? Um, it's, a, it's a dangerous time. It's an exciting time. You wanted to be here for this time. Um, uh, you will... Uh, if you're young and you're living through this, like you're 19 now, your grandkids will not believe the shit you're going to live through, right? You would not be able to tell them in any meaningful fashion what it was like for you to be here during these years. COVID and shit like that, that's nothing compared to what's coming. Absolutely nothing. We'll look back on COVID as the... Um, uh, the little pause, the little little vacation before the real shit hit. Uh, it's going to be that um, ferocious on us. And so um, I'm expecting that, you know, this time next year, most of the federal government won't exist, that we will have had the start of the walk-offs. We may have had the bulk of the walk-offs. Uh, there will be people that will still stay on the job for lots of different reasons. Um but um, in the main, the vast parts of the population working for the government won't. They, they just won't go in. There won't be any point. Uh, you know, they might be better off trying to get stipends from the government, that, that kind of thing. So anyway, um, here now I got to do, do other work. But um, so uh, a lot of the stuff coming out about the moon in the future uh, will be doing so through the... Um, the now def uh, the upcoming defunct uh, academia. Uh, that's going to have a big impact on uh, the hyper novelty because you'll have so many people coming on out now that they're not bound by an institution, now that they can't be canceled because there's nothing to cancel them from. They'll start talking about shit in a very real way. And this is going to be part of this hyper novelty. And it's going to make everybody bad shit, right? It, hyper novelty is not going to be a good thing unless you're really prepared for it. Um, a lot of people will make vast quantities of money on it, this kind of thing, because there'll be opportunity all to hell and gone. Uh, but it's going to be a rough time to live through. There's just no doubt of that. And it's coming fairly quick. So now's the time to, you know, basically get your shit together, buy gold, silver, Bitcoin, cryptos, and that kind of thing, because... Um, the uh, death of the dollar is here and the crash of the system is going to be through the rest of this fall and in through winter and probably not very much of the, of the current existing system, banking, academia, government, all of that will be functional, um, by spring of next year. So, so we're looking at a, you know, usually it takes about five months for the, the whole process. If we look at the Weimar Republic, if we look at the Soviet Union, once you reach a certain point in inflation, it takes about five months before governments collapse. This is the same way in all the banana republics and yada, yada, yada. We're at that point with the Biden regime, confidence is fading. Once you have a combination of confidence fading to the point where it's zip and you have the, the currency go bad, hey, you don't have a government anymore. 
Anyway, guys, take care. <laughs> you have to take care because we're in hard times.